How to write a novel. All right. <laughs> so it's another gray, shitty, fucking shitball day. But I'm by that cool, big, long path through the woods by the creek, the Oxford Tributary, or whatever the fuck it's called. So this isn't so bad. If it's gonna be a gray piece of shit day, at least I can walk through the woods. This thing really is great. It's like two kilometers long. It's a long-ass walk. But yeah, the dank, Mo, the dank and the rain. I was at a Starbucks for like three goddamn hours and I'm still just like wet and damp. It just won't go away. It's just the shittest. Anyway, <coughs> so on my way down this path the first time, on my way to the Starbucks, I was listening to a lot of music and I had some ideas for shit. So I thought I might talk about the idea of getting ideas for music. Because I always play a song at the end of this. I'm guessing a lot of people would probably just skip the song because if it's a song you don't know, it's probably not that fun to listen to. And it's probably unlikely that the first time you hear some song you never heard before that you're going to get some kind of big idea from it. Songs generally need to kind of percolate, I find. But you know, I like to listen to them, so. But yeah, I had this idea today. It's this song that uh, I've known about for years. It's one of these things where whenever I hear a song I like, I always go dig into the band. But more and more I'm becoming comfortable with the idea that maybe I only like that one song. And that's definitely the case with this band. They're called While She Sleeps. And it's this song called Four Walls that I love. It's a fucking great song. But none of their other songs have, uh, have stuck with me. But there's this one line from this song where the guy says uh, something along the lines of we pray to God but we fear that we're only hearing ourselves. And I'm like, whoa, that just hit me today. I'm like, that's such a cool, that's such a cool line where if you hear little drop noises, because of the slight rain, if a raindrop lands right on this recorder, it's surprisingly loud. And I never replaced the umbrella that I destroyed the other day, because fuck it. If I'm going to get wet, I'm going to get wet. So that line about how we pray to God, but we fear that we're only hearing ourselves. I'm like, oh, I could use that for this fucking story. But I was thinking about it and I was like, so, I mean, I listened to a hundred songs before that song. And I've heard that song a hundred times. So what made that line stand out this time? And it kind of got me thinking about the, that idea of that notion of like, where do ideas come from? And uh, the idea of stealing about just how virtually every idea is inspired by something else. But how that's just uh, way too limited a way of, of expressing that or of describing that. Because the fact that something is inspiring, or it's like, okay, that's what I want to take. I want to take that idea and use it in my thing. What is it that makes a specific idea stand out? What is it that makes that one line? Why is that the line that I'm like, oh, I'm going to use that, as opposed to the other thousand lyrics that I heard today? So in this case, the idea of praying 
The one thing in this story where it's just straight up a piece of 20th century human being culture that I just put in my story without thinking about it at all is the idea of a church. Everything else I try to run it through some kind of like, you know, it's still basically identifiable as a culture more or less like ours, just so that it can be parsed and understood. You know, it's still a story about people walking around, talking to each other, going to buildings, you know. It's not super alien. But the idea of the church, as I'm using it, is just straight up a Catholic church with pews and an altar, the whole thing. And that's mainly because it's just based on a dream that I had, really. The idea of being in the church, waking up in a church, but then when the door opens, you're in a weird alien space station, you know. It's not what inspired this story. I think I already was thinking about this story, which is what led to the dream. But that imagery was so cool. I'm like, I'm just going to use it. I'm not even going to overthink this. I'm just putting it in. And I went to church as a kid. My mom always made me go because she grew up super Catholic. And I was really never, I mean, as a kid, I was like, hey, you're the best Sunday school memorizing kid in fourth grade. Good for you. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't really think about it much. I just didn't like having my Sundays wasted. Then as I got older, I'm like, man, this is insane. I fucking, this is nonsense. What are we having anything to do with this for? Like religion, overall, it's just, uh, it's, it's out of balance to me. It's like, yeah, yeah, sure, there's good things about it in the community aspect and people that get helped by religious groups. But at the same time, you can just sign off on anything through religion. Religion is the ultimate just like, hey, guess what? I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to be awful and I'm just going to ascribe it to my religion and that's the end of it. I don't want to think about this. I don't want to have a reason. So I'll just uh, make up a reason. I'll pretend that it's in a Bible or something and there you there and then we're good. More dangerous than it is helpful, I think. So I was extremely opposed to organized religion in my adult life. But then it is uh, a little interesting as life just keeps on creeping on. The little ways that small benefits do start to come through. Like uh, I was mentioning that a few years back, approximately 2014-ish, late 2013, when I was really just having a shitty time. Real bad winter, just depressed, just, just bad. <laughs> but that's when I started like looking into a lot of self-improvement stuff and meditation and exercise and all this stuff. And at the sort of height of things sucking, it was interesting to have the idea of prayer kind of in my back pocket. You know, it's not something I ever took seriously. It's not something that I ever put any weight to. And I still didn't. Like, even back then, I didn't do it, like, properly, quote-unquote. I didn't get down on my knees and all that shit. Usually I'd be in the shower. I had this apartment where, where I'm pretty tall. I'm about 6'2", a little under 6'2", and this shower was probably 6'4". <laughs> you know, like, it was just like I... I fit in it, but it was weird. But it really felt extra contained. Like, there's already that feeling of being in a shower where you're just, you know, 
you're just yourself. <laughs> you're just a naked dude, you know, you're pretty much uh, pretty much down to the, the basics. And that kind of feeling of security of like I'm in the bathroom, the door's locked, plus I'm in this little shower, and this one was extra small and contained. And I used to just look up at the ceiling of the shower and then do a little like, hey God, hey, thanks for the cool shit that happened to me today. Things aren't so bad, you got my back. And I could never really buy into it big time. I still knew it was just me talking to myself, but, but it still was kind of like comforting. It was a nice thing to do. I only did it for a couple of weeks and then I just couldn't, just wasn't feeling it anymore, you know? But it was still like kind of nice, kind of a helpful little thing. And it's like, I don't know if that was necessarily worth hundreds of hours of going to boring ass fucking Catholic church. But, but it is interesting because that's one thing my mom always said was like that she just wanted to give that option to her kids, you know, like you, they, this is like a tool in your toolkit in case you ever need it. And her plan was actually very, uh, pretty grand plan that she was going to change churches every year or two so that we could experience all the different churches. But then she made friends at the Catholic Church, and that was the end of it. And she was raised Catholic, so that probably would have been the end of it anyway. And just kind of weird in general. I never really got a straight answer out of my mom about religion. She did not seem very religious. She did not seem overly invested in the whole thing. It really, to me, did seem more like just a social thing. That's where her friends were, so that's where she went. But anyway, it was kind of neat. I'm like, oh, so what do you know? In some small way, that was a sort of interesting thing because if I didn't have that background of going to church I just doubt that would even be in my vocabulary to even try to say a little prayer to somebody like it's just too outside of you know my experience to even have that uh, you know what I'm trying to say <laughs> fucking goddamn rambling fucking moron so that's where I was thinking like, oh, that could be applicable, appropriate to this story too. That, because in this story, the reason why the character always sleeps in the church exhibit, or most of the time, is just because it's at least something from her youth that, even though it didn't mean much to her specifically, now that it's the only piece of her culture available to her is this church exhibit in this fucking museum, it's better than nothing, you know? So maybe if she's there day after day and the pressure keeps mounting and there's less and less ground to go to, maybe she would get to that point. Maybe she would say a little prayer and see what happens. Now at the same time, the overall route that this story is going to take is that eventually this character is going to get command of kind of the ship computer aboard this space station and have uh, power to manipulate the environment far beyond anyone that even lives on that space station. That's kind of a different story, but another idea that I stole from somewhere else. But the idea that the computer is semi-organic and has been uh, evolving on its own for a long, long time. So this species that lives on the space station they don't have full control over this thing. And no one from a different species has ever been allowed to interface with their computer. But she's gonna find that when she does, 
they don't even think it's gonna work. But not only does it work, but whatever barriers and protection this thing has evolved in order to in order to keep at arm's length from the natives she can just break through that barrier she's like you know she's like bringing a western disease to the plains you know it's just like you can't stop me you can't stop me from just going in and fucking with shit so ultimately toward the end of this story she's gonna have a lot of power at her disposal and that's when it'll become extra important, you know, to not abuse it, to not let things get out of control. And she's going to fail and shit's going to get out of control. But that's where I thought that that line from that song could be so great. She could say that at some point, that like, you know, one time, one time I did pray, I actually got to that point. I said a prayer and I realized that nobody was listening except me. But then I realized that God was listening. <laughs> and that is a heavy-ass line. I mean, that's essentially this character calling herself God. It's something I'd have to like be real careful with. Maybe I won't even use it. Because it's so easy for that to come off real indulgent, real like angry 12-year-old. But if I do it right, that's so cool. It's such a cool line. So that's where this line from this song, it's not as easy as just like, what a cool line from the song, I'm gonna steal that. It's like, what a cool line from the song because it makes me think of all these things. It makes me think of all these things from my past that have made their way into this story. And it makes me think of where the story's going in the future and how it could relate to that. So that's the thing, I guess, that's the thing with with the theft of ideas, you know, with taking an idea from somewhere else, is it still has to fit into the continuum of what you have made. Because by itself, it doesn't mean anything. It's just like, whatever. It's just a song lyric. There's a million of them. Someone else could take that song lyric. It could mean something totally different, or it could just mean nothing. And I thought that was just kind of an interesting little mental exercise to roll around in my head. That you can just take that one just that one little line, that one little moment, and just figure out, like, why? Why did that connect with me? Why did that one stand out? Now, as for Song of the Day, I'm not going to play that song, because it's just the one little tiny lyric from that song, you know? It's like, it's a cool song. Feel free to go look it up. Four Walls by While She Sleeps. Great tune. But I also had another idea today, based on music, that is way more tied into the song where in this case it's like a whole scene that it was just kind of playing out in my head as I walked through this gray ass day the fucking it was raining harder earlier so I'm just like oh but then this song came on and I started thinking about a different story a story that I, I've mentioned before but that I wrote way back that's kind of a fatal attraction high school story a couple breaks up and the girl in the couple takes it real bad and uh, starts getting all crazy. So this song is called Eloping by Hefner. And it's this dude Ian that I know from England who recommended this band to me. And this song, like I just, th this was the song that really got me with this band. I love it. I just, I could never, I never get tired of this song. It's so great. And when I was listening to it this time, it is just this kind of like low key song but then it just slowly builds up and builds up 
And what I was imagining while I was listening to it is in that story, because someday I'll, I'll finish that story, but I'm going to have to basically start over because that story is so old and so weird. Someday I'm going to start from the beginning and just rewrite it and just use the old version as notes. Like I'll just break it apart into its component pieces and then draw from it if I can in case I get stuck. But I'm basically going to start over. But this was a scene where I'm like, wow, this could just be so cool. Where it's after this couple has broken up. So for like the first verse of this song, the first verse and chorus is just the girl watching her ex, you know, from a distance with his new girlfriend. Just observing, you know, just being, just being crazy and unhappy <laughs> and creepy, creepy stalker. And then for the second verse, she's creeping into his house at night while he's asleep, like climbing up into his bedroom and just watching him while he sleeps, just staring at his face. And then with the second verse, and then after that second verse, it's just, just like instrumental and it just keeps slowly building and slowly building and getting more and more torqued up and more and more intense. Where she would leave his house and walk across town all crazy and determined and basically go to the house of his new girlfriend with like a Molotov that she made. Something, something that makes fire happen. And she sets fire to this girl's house and the fire takes, takes to the house big time. The family leaves the house crying and the neighbors are all gathering around and the fucking fire trucks show up. And then her ex-boyfriend shows up and comforts the new girlfriend. And the whole time this girl is just watching, again just watching from a distance with the fire flickering on her face. Just watching and just like really not concerned that she lit this person's house on fire. Just watching her ex with the new girlfriend, he's comforting her. She just wishes she was there. She wishes she was the one being comforted. That's all that she cares about. That's all that's in her mind. And then when this rising music finally cascades, finally breaks, she just walks away, away from the scene. Maybe a little tinge of self-realization starting to hit her about how fucked up that was and how crazy she's getting, but maybe not. <laughs> it's just like, ah, oh, I love it. And I really think that's a cool way. I've come up with a lot of different scenes for stories just based on a song. Kind of like based on if this was a movie, this could be a scene. And even in movies, man, I love that. I love Train Spotting. The first one is such a great example of this, where it's almost like a string of music videos. Like there's so many songs that play, and the songs relate so clearly and closely to what's happening in the scene. And it's not something movies actually do that often. I think there's just too many cooks, you know? It's like not enough of a one-man show, because you need to conceptualize of a scene from the beginning with a song in mind and with the writing connected to that song and then everything needs to be able to edit together. It's not something that can just happen afterward, you know, you really got to plan it out. But that's the beauty of writing a book, is that it's just you. There's nobody else, you know, you have full control because it's just you. So even if at the end of the day, I write that scene into a story and uh, there is no song, there is no music. No one even knows that that was ever the catalyst. 
but that's what I'm using as the glue. That's what's holding it together for me. I think that kind of thing is cool. If you are kind of stuck on something, or you have some writer's block, or you're just looking for ideas in general. I don't know, man, you just can't beat music. Music is so good, so evocative, so imagery filled. So here's Eloping by Hefner, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. like